Hello and welcome to this latest Trends Talk. I'm Connor Lokar, Senior Forecaster here with ITR Economics. And today I'm really excited. We're talking about state shutdowns and economic decline because up until last week, we were left to speculate on the severity of decline for economies at the state level. Because uh, it, you know, Bureau of Economic Analysis, the uh, government entity that prepares GDP data, it takes a little longer to curate that data at the state level. So while we've had two Q US GDP data, since late July, we just got state data, which I, quite frankly, could not wait uh, to dig into because, you know, since late July when we got those two Q numbers, you know, one was, you know, we were kind of left to speculate, you know, logically, you know, we would think that states that suffered, you know, more severe shutdowns, more severe COVID numbers early on, you know, in April and May should have had a commensurately more negative response in their state level economy. So I know personally, I've been waiting weeks for this data as I felt it would be interesting subscriber, uh, you know, subscriber fodder for us here uh, at ITR. So before I jump into some of these states, it's important to recognize that every 2Q GDP number is going to be very poor. Uh, you know, so, so we're looking at shades of gray here. It's really in relation to the benchmark that is US GDP, which declined an inflation adjusted 9.0%. So 9%, that's kind of the watermark. That's what you wanted to beat if you were a state in the second quarter. You wanted to say, you know, did we outperform the trend set and tempo set by the United States? So, you know, I'm not saying a state, you know, if it contracted by 8%, which is still horrific in the second quarter, but, you know, a, a full percentage point overperformance in a series like GDP is, is not insignificant. So, uh, you know, with the disclaimers out of the way, let's jump into these some of these trends. And, and I did pick these somewhat at random. I tried to pick some uh, relevant states, and, and I'll start with New Hampshire. Now, I'm doing that entirely biased. That's where ITR Economics, our HQ, is in Manchester, New Hampshire. That's where I'm recording this this morning. So it's topical to me. So, you know, New Hampshire kind of shocked me. It contracted 11.4% versus the 9% national level in the second quarter. And, and that's interesting because our COVID numbers have been really benign throughout. I mean, they have been very low. Uh, our governor, in my opinion, has done a pretty good job, you know, pretty reasonable in terms of shutdowns. But I think this is a great test case of it not just matters, you know, what your state does, it also matters what your neighbors do. We're very tourism dependent here in New Hampshire, you know, very regionally dependent in particular. So Massachusetts, our neighbor to the south, a huge adjacent economic driver for us in New Hampshire. And a lot of those folks come up, you know, 0% sales tax here in New Hampshire, those folks come up and spend second homes up here, you know, seeing the leaves, the, the lakes, the trees, the water, whatever else. Uh, we lost that in the second quarter. Massachusetts, difficult COVID numbers, locked away, quarantined, they were not traveling, uh, you know, probably responsibly so, but so it was not necessarily a function of, of what we were doing here in the United, in New Hampshire, but, you know, we were affected by what our neighbors could or could not do in terms of their consumption. So, uh, you know, our, our tourism reliance here in New Hampshire hurt us. Uh, now, for the record, Vermont did contract 12.1%. So we beat Bernie, uh, which is a big deal for us here in New Hampshire. So uh, I will throw that in there. It makes me feel better anyway. So, you know, when we talk about Massachusetts, looking to the South, they contracted 9.5%. So uh, actually 50 bips worse than the U.S., not as bad as New Hampshire because, uh, you know, Mass more of a domestic manufacturing base than New Hampshire. Obviously, the tech hub that is Boston, you know, more uh, service sector. So uh, it was hit hard by that initial wave, a little bit worse than the U.S., but, you know, on a shades of gray standpoint, you know, outperformed, say, a New Hampshire or a Vermont that doesn't really have a ton of manufacturing activity, does not have as much domestically or, or I guess, state-contained consumption activity, uh, and is not quite as reliant on tourism as, say, a Vermont or a New Hampshire. So, 
Let's head west now. Let's look at New York. Uh, yikes. Uh, New York, not surprisingly, major decline, 11.9%. Now, that is almost five times worse than the worst rate of decline at the depths of the Great Recession for the state of New York. State of New York, at its worst in the Great Recession, contracted 2.4%. And in this cycle, it was down 11.9, 5x just about. I mean, that's scary. It's not surprising. I mean, obviously, disaster numbers early on in New York, particularly New York City and, and associated severity of governmental shutdown response. Uh, you know, New Jersey, similar boat, did slightly better at minus 10.3%, but still a pretty ugly number relative to the U.S. So jumping to the West, when you look at Michigan, I mean, man, oh man, my home state, I was born in Michigan, a lot of my family there, 12% uh, decline, 12%. I mean, that is 33% worse than the U.S. level. And it was compounded by Michigan had very bad COVID numbers early on, uh, particularly strict state shutdown orders early on, which, you know, Governor uh, Whitmer um, in Michigan earned a certain amount of notoriety uh, for uh, her strictness, I'll call it, in the shutdowns. And, and that compounds with acute pressure on the automotive sector in the second quarter, which is obviously an important component of the Michigan economy. So, uh, you know, from a, a logical causal standpoint, that number does make sense as bad as it is. You know, when I look to the South, you know, Ohio, uh, that's an interesting contrast case because of similar geographic locations, similar macroeconomic or, or microeconomic makeup at the state level, obviously some automotive dependence, but uh, similar, you know, case difficulties early on, but uh, a favorable minus 9.9% uh, compared to the minus 12% in Michigan. And we did see that, you know, the, the Ohio governor slightly more relaxed and trying to opt for a bit more balance in terms of the economy versus public health than Michigan. And that seemed to bear some fruit uh, in those state by state numbers. Uh, Illinois, which I was worried about, actually posted a pretty respectable minus 9.3%, only modestly worse, because uh, Illinois had bad numbers early on, very strict shutdowns in Chicago. So I, I was pretty uh, impressed with Illinois' number through that lens. So heading south, you know, Texas posted outperformance at 8.4% contraction. I mean, Texas is Texas. What else would we expect? Uh, honestly, better than I thought it was going to be, given that the oil pricing uh, woes compounding on the oil patch in the second quarter, uh, in addition to COVID-19. Uh, but Texas did stay pretty open early on. So, you know, most of, of Texas's COVID case surge actually occurred in the second half of June, July, August, uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to see how their 3Q number, that pace of recovery in the third quarter of 2020, how that grades out for Texas relative to the U.S. Because most of their COVID dysfunction slid into that second or, or into the third quarter, rather. Turning southeast, Georgia and Florida both beat the U.S. trend with milder numbers. Georgia contracted 7.8%. Florida was off 8.1%. Um, I highlight that because both of their governors uh, you know, took a pretty bad beating uh, from the, the mainstream uh, media. Uh, you know, for, for having the gall to try to balance economic needs along with public health. And it, it would appear that they were, relatively speaking, compared to the U.S., able to preserve some economic activity and likely jobs as well. So their 3Q COVID numbers were much worse. Again, that, that second wave affected the Southeast more. So like Texas, that'll be a question of recovery pace in the third quarter. But, quarter. but it appears early on, at least, they managed the situation well. Uh, jumping west now, you know, a couple huge success stories. Washington State contracted just 5.8%, which quite frankly shocked me because, you know, that's awesome. I mean, their numbers blew me away. You know, Seattle was, was a, that scary initial hotspot there on the West Coast. Compound that was Boeing having their severe issues with, uh, obviously, the, the duress that the airline sector was under. I was really impressed with that Washington State number. So, South Dakota, uh, you know, a little less west, uh, you know, whose governor, uh, you know, she 
did not like the idea of shutdowns. She did not shut down the state at all. She kind of took that Sweden approach uh, and, and apparently was rewarded for that. I mean, we saw a nice minus 7.1% contraction there and minimal uh, COVID-19 problems um, to boot for South Dakota. Now, granted, there's more pheasants than there are people in South Dakota. So uh, it's nonetheless, I'll give them props for that. California did fairly well, surprisingly well, because that was another strict shutdown state. It was off just 8.2%. However, like Texas, California's worst COVID numbers, you know, despite their shutdowns early on, their, their COVID numbers were not that bad in the first wave. It was really the second wave, June, July, August, that hit California like it hit Texas uh, and the Southeast and Arizona. So uh, same story there where it'll be interesting to see how that third quarter uh, recovery pace grades out. Arizona, like Washington, had a relatively great quarter as well, off just 5.6%. Uh, but like California in that laundry list, 3Q was the bad COVID quarter for the state of Arizona. So we'll, we'll check out that third quarter number when it comes. But um, to wrap up, not to pick on Hawaii or Nevada, but their 2Q numbers were an abject disaster. Hawaii contracted 13.9% quarter over quarter. Nevada was down 12.3%. Those are two of the worst states that you know, I saw when digging into these numbers. And, you know, it, it's perfectly explainable. I mean, you know, when we look at the absolutely cratering tourism trends uh, across the globe and across the U.S., I mean, folks weren't flying. They weren't going to Vegas. They weren't going to Maui or Honolulu or wherever else. So uh, I think that that's important. You know, when I look at the New Hampshire case, some of these, it, it's not just what your state did, how your state's numbers were, what, you know, your, what your neighbors did mattered, what consumers chose to do or not to do mattered where they chose to spend their dollars or not mattered in the second quarter number. So I think it, it kind of highlights well at the state level, obviously a lot of things are local, but there are outside forces outside of your state's control that can impact those economic trends. So I'm going to stop there. You know, if I went through all 50 states, this recording would take an hour. So I'm going to stop there. If I didn't mention your particular state, uh, those of you that are Datacast subscribers, you actually have full access to the state data, not just for state GDP, but for state construction, uh, housing data, home price data, uh, you know, you can, unemployment data, you can see a lot of state level trends in data cast. So I think uh, if you're a, a company listening here that, that is, you know, largely state operating, you know, maybe a more local or regional operator, I think it'd really be interesting for you to, to fire up that data cast platform and see how your business fared versus some of the, the rates of decline that we saw at the state level, you know, in your state in the second quarter. So I would encourage you to check that out on data cast, but to wrap up, you know, now here I am, you know, I, I was waiting so long for these numbers and now already I'm waiting for the third quarter state GDP numbers, which I'm not going to get until late December, but uh, I suppose that's the perfect Christmas present for an economist. So uh, I would expect that myself or an ITR will we'll let you know how those look when we get them. So until then, thanks for checking in. I'll see you next time.